I get too gone for me? Let's talk about other than that. Let's I mean, talk it's about great. producer Brad really milking the best out of me here. You know, <laughs> all those shining things coming to light. Jesus Christ! It's a beautiful life. Let's uh, let's let's beautiful. Talk, let's talk about some other what nuclear holocaust. <laughs> I just gave I just gave Benny some depressing news, which has nothing to do with podcasting. <laughs> I mean, it could, uh, and thankfully, it doesn't really have much to do with me. But uh, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, very above ground. Glad. It's actually a perfect set. We start talking about. I'm I'm totally having a midlife crisis. Did you have one? <laughs> uh, I think I stayed kind of so intensely like my life just kind of kept churning over so quickly that i think now i might be having a oh okay you're having one now yeah like now that my daughter's 12 you know and like i mean because things were you know i didn't have time to have a midlife crisis and like when i hit middle age i was still like kind of a teenager yeah but can't you just be like going through the motions as like a father and a family man to just be dead on the inside isn't that also a midlife crisis <laughs> I think that's called general parenting 101. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it steals a little bit of your soul, Betty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to think sometimes like that when you're done with all like the really hard parenting work, then you just like uh like start dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a weird one. But it's a weird one to swallow. But there's somebody there to to take to take care of you. Sure, that's very nice. Because <laughs> everybody's going to be in that same position, and some people might not have right. You know, somebody yeah. to come look out for them. <laughs> this makes me think of Jade from Osa Osa. <laughs> oh because <God. laughs> we did get deep in this conversation. Yeah, like this wasn't this wasn't fluff. We we got oh, into by no it. Means. We got into it. Um, I did. He's from Long Island, and I have an instinct always to like make fun of Long Island. Well, it's because I'm raised by like proper New Yorkers, and even though I was from New Jersey, I had this you know irrational distaste for outer boroughs and New Jer- even New Jersey because of it. I in my elementary school, I used to tell kids I was from New York, even though I wasn't. Did. Because yeah, my parents thought it was so cool and where I was. <laughs> and I was this like Philistine out in New Jersey. And as I've grown, I realize like Long Island and New Jersey are definitely more the same than different. Oh, yeah, baby. And the thing, and you see the same kind of things that pop out of it because it's like these enclaves of middle class you know, kind of areas that are so close to the city that, like, these interesting things, like, can bloom. It's like it's like having uh, the access to city culture, but then also having access to, like, a garage and parents oh, who buy you guitars. Absolutely. I think know? if you, I think if you, you know, I mean, this is the thing is, yeah, I've lived in New York now for decades, and, and obviously Jersey and Long Island are a long-running joke, right? But the sure. truth is, if you look at the per capita of, like, where the most creative people have come from, at least in my experience, like, that's where they're from, dude. Yeah. Like, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like, they have a little bit of leeway and freedom to fucking stretch out, which, you know, as we know, is impossible living in New York City. Impossible. But they have access to yeah. fucking to. I mean, quick train to, ride away. Yeah, 
I mean, I remember when I like kind of discovered punk rock, I grew up and I grew up like not in the middle of fucking nowhere. I mean, I kind of grew up in the sticks, but it was in Massachusetts. I remember being angry and being like, you mean this has been going on now? For- oh, once you found <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like because it was somebody so turned me on to the clash, you know, like and yeah. they were into like their third record by that point, I think, right. you know, and like, I was like, this has been happening. And I, I mean, I, I'd always kind of felt out of place amongst these fucking hillbillies that I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't figure out why I didn't like classic rock, you know? And, right, right, right. Um, what was like the band that people were, was it, that's why you hate Zeppelin, right? Because when you were growing up. Well, that's up, the thing. I can listen to Zeppelin now. But that was like the cock rock dudes were yeah, Zeppelin yeah, fans. Yeah, absolutely. Back then. It's, it's a but shame there was far hear. worse, dude. There was like, yeah. I mean, there was kids listening to bands like Yes and it's Rush. Really yes. <laughs> whoa, 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 slow down. There is a big difference. Oh, no, drummer here. No, no, no. There's a big difference between what we're talking You're talking about two sort of revolutionary prog rock artists and then Led Zeppelin. Like, like how are those in the I same know, even? Dude. I lumped them all together. How are those it was all the same, same umbrella? M- bunch of meatheads that were listening you're to You're like that anything <laughs> without the, if the singer doesn't have dreads. I just don't want to hear if it. If I man. can't count the time, one, two, three, four, I don't want to fucking hear it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you couldn't play it, motherfucker. That's, That's right. why. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we uh, get into this lovely interview with, with Jade from Oso Oso? He Let's was... do it. Hit play. Boom. Yeah, it's weird. So I think like now it's gotten to a point where LeBron James and Tom Brady are like rich and powerful enough that they've been able to like tap into whatever the presidents have been using. Yeah. Like the last 30, 40 years. Well, well, how, how much do they say that he spends on like his body a year? Yeah. LeBron's like, it, it, LeBron no, spends LeBron, like over like a million dollars. Well over. Yeah. 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 For like these systems he has in place. But he's literally about to shatter like every single like NBA record yeah. as far as like minutes and points, like oh, compilation he's, statistics. He's, he's going to break all of them in the next year or two, which is crazy. He's worth it, right? Hey, Brad, have you ever known uh-huh. if you say Wilkes Bar, Wilkes Barry, or Wilkes? I would say Bar. bar. You say Wilkes, Wilkes bar, bar too? But I have yes. no idea. I feel like there's been a time in my life I've been definitely yelled at for saying Wilkes Bar. Someone went, Wilkes Barry. And got like super worked up with me. Like when you go to Newark, Delaware, and they're like, New Ark. That happens for real. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I went, New you Ark. know, when you're from New Jersey, you don't even say Newark. Like most yeah. people say Nurk. Like it's just Nurk. this like weird, like, hey, I'm from Newark. It's like Nolens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to, to go down there, and they're like, no, 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 no. New Ark. <laughs> I'm like, it's one fucking word. That's just not what you do with that A. You need to capitalize that thing or separate Wait, it. You're the saying the locals say Newark. Yeah, in Delaware. I mean, whoever lives there that doesn't go to the college, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Wait, are we <laughs> so, talking about Newark, New Jersey, or New... No, Newark, New Jersey is pronounced Nurk. Nurk. Yeah, there's no vowels or anything. It's basically N-W-R-K. Um, but yeah, when you go to Newark, Delaware, you're reprimanded for... And still one the word. Same way? One word? Yeah, it's the same shit. Wait, where is New Ark, Delaware? It's like, I don't know. It's part of that 30 miles on 95 between New Jersey and Maryland, (laughs) right? I spent some time in in Delaware. I've played at the University of Delaware. I got to play with Saves the Day when they were pushing a cassette tape. 
at uh oh, really? at the University of Delaware. They had some weird like cafe lunchroom that yeah. you could play. And I was in a band called The Low End Theory at the time who who played with them. And then they got a like really successful and way bigger than us. And I was really <laughs> jealous for a couple of years. And then I was like, Oh, you guys are cool. Um but yeah, I went through it. <laughs> I think that they still have shows in that same room. Oh really? They got to play at that big cafeteria. Yeah, room. That cafeteria yeah. is still Delaware. going. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I brought that up because Jade, you just moved yes. from Wilkes. From Wilkes, something bear. Yeah, that's. I was calling it Wilkes Bear, and I'm I was saying, like I was saying, I wasn't getting reprimanded for it, but the the shocked correct no way is definitely Barry. Wow, Wilkes Barry. How long were you living there that you got away with that? A year. It's remarkable yeah. to me. It's really remarkable. <laughs> so how did you how did you make your way out there? Um, I just had a couple friends who lived out there. I was gonna move to like North Carolina or uh, Florida, and then it just kind of fell through. So I just headed out over there. It was like were, super cheap. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. Were you like I, intentionally trying to get out of the New York area? Uh, yeah, just to just like change it up, switch it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And try to pay to be a touring musician. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Yeah. So now you're in Philly? Yes. I, well, I just moved there like Friday. Friday. Really? Yeah, yeah still have like a bunch Everybody's of Everybody's going Philly, right? Stuff. This is the place now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Philly, but you know, it's, I wouldn't have moved <laughs> there. Wait, what's the caveat? Was, what's the caveat? <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. <laughs> I wouldn't have moved to Philly when I was, you know, in that mode, which yeah. is 20 years ago. I would have, if you asked me last year, I wouldn't have moved to Philly. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to move to Philly. It's Philly so, or Nashville, right? How are you going to come to terms with... uh, That'd be wild. With, like, Eagles fans. The Eagles fans, that doesn't bother me as the 76ers fans. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, I don't want to say this, but they're the fakest fans. Oh, yeah. They're really the fakest fans, dude. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Do you remember when they were, like, years ago, they were, like, 0-23 or 1-23 that year? No one was there. They didn't trust the process. Dude, also, have you seen Warrior games lately? (sighs) They're out. Despicable. Luxury ticket. And you know what's cool? Despicable. Like, I'd say the narrative, what we're talking about, of when a team gets bad and the stadium getting empty and their fans abandoning them probably happens in, like, most cities to For most sure. fans. Yeah. You happen to be a fan of the one team that is, it's always that is just, just die hard as fuck. Yeah. The New York Knicks, For regardless sure. of what's going on. Yeah. I, but here's the thing. I feel like if, the, if like, like, Heat fans, for example, mm-hmm. like, when they played the Spurs and they all left, you know yeah, what I mean, before, right. like, that Ray right. Allen shot, they, like, owned it. They were like, yeah, we left. Yeah. Thought it was over. Yeah. Philly fans, they Miami, I like we're going to eat. Yeah. The Sixer fans, I feel like they try to pretend that they were there. Yeah, for like those games, and it's like, dude. And then they're just ride or die. Yeah, when it happens and turn into your standard Philly yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah Eagles fans doesn't really bother me. I'm not too. I'm not too big into football so yeah. much, but yeah. it's more of a cultural thing for me. I like barely watch football anymore. Yeah, but there's some sort of like. I think it's even like, you know how you can like carry scars from like past lives and stuff? Yeah. I think something weird might have happened with like an Eagles fan because it's just, it's beyond, I don't give a shit about the Eagles or the Giants like that much to be upset. There's something about, I see that like bird on a shirt and I like, I just like <laughs> tense up a little bit. I just don't like feel great. Start steaming from the ears. Yeah. There's something, something might have happened. 
back in the day. There's some teams that elicit emotional response. It used to be the Oakland Raiders, you know, that like because they had they've always had the, the tough guy. Um, and now it's now I think it's Philly. I think they've taken that. Oh yeah, they had the fan base. I mean, the Raiders are like. Did they have anything crazier than those guys just looking like they were in Guar? <laughs> you know, like was it much? Not more? in the last ten years. Yeah, like Philly fans do some crazy shit. Like they spit on my brother when he was a little kid. Uh, I've seen some nasty stuff with, with that. That was at a football game. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Not cool. That's yeah. sad. It was bad. But then now I realize, as an adult looking back in retrospect, that like I went to a game last season and I'm like looking around and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is like. A fucking step above NASCAR and like a small <laughs> step as far as like the cultural kind of just like I don't know. Yeah, it's a small step. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh no shit, I saw all that dumb fucking trashy bullshit when I was a kid. Like this makes perfect sense. I'm like looking around me. I'm like, oh okay, I get it now. I didn't get it as a kid. I actually somehow managed to be like, oh these guys are cool, you know. It probably turned me into like half a trash bag, like even yeah. going to those games and watching those dudes. It's like Yankees fans. I'm a Yankees fan, unfortunately, but they're too. like, they're the shittiest. Oh, we're the worst. They're so bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I, even though, I, I mean, it's the, no one could be the bigger heels than the Astros right now, at least. Right, yeah. At least. They, would they get caught cheating? Yeah, Something like, like that. a they number were stealing of signs. All sorts of crazy stuff, like... Like stealing signals with uh, cameras and relaying it to batters, using like uh, a noise, like like someone would hit a wall with a bat, like w- before a pitch came to to tell the batter what kind of pitch it was. Oh, and, like, really? These weird what? tells and like, and and this was like uh, an old school kind of thing in baseball that people accepted the fact that there was sign stealing. It was like kind of mm. a cool part of it. Like the guy at second base sees what the catcher throws and tells the hitter, but now that like computers, Skynet's gotten involved, people are uh, yeah up in arms. Isn't there something too? Don't they like uh, the chess protectors or something? They can like send <gasps> to the pitcher, like so they don't have to do signs anymore. They're talking about what? Like That's an what earpiece I, or something? Like yeah, like they can press, like they'll have like, like vi- have vibrates or something buttons in their chess protector. And the pitcher, I guess, has something like in his ear. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the catcher could just press it now, oh. and it goes into like he wears like an ear uh, AirPod or something. That's, that's what they were talking crazy. about to stop the sign stealing. That's crazy talk. Crazy. This is, that that can work. Yeah. Why don't we just? I mean, it's getting to the point. Like you know, it's getting to that point in baseball, and especially with like instant replay, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we know more at home in two seconds. Yeah. Then, you know, anybody on the field right. knows about what actually just happened. And it's leading to this kind of, like, technological, analytical, like, look into sports. It might just be a matter of time before it's like, I developed this robot to, like, play your robot in sports. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You know? That's going like, to happen. But also, wasn't there a Hugh Jackman movie about I, that? But yeah, I think yeah. that, like, oh, that they something steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah They're yeah. going to have to let the tech <laughs> take over, like... Because like, where do you draw the line with tech? Like things like instant replay. Like they just need to make everything kind of reviewable at, at this some point, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I listen to people argue all the time about the um, you know there there's it's just a matter of time before there's like robotic umpires in baseball calling well, balls and strikes. But also, and, you're yeah, going to have sensors in the balls so that you know like you, you're yeah, not like, going to have to call like well, out of bounds or well, that, touchdown. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's the next step is tennis style. 
Right. Where it's like it's like you just see it on the video within ten seconds the technology going is that in. Is how and they out. have that when they replay it in tennis? Is yeah. it something in the ball? It is. That's or something insane. on a quarter of the ball, yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. So that's Thought probably the tech just... that's gonna come I figured into it was the baseball. color of the ball. It was keyed in or something. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Like green screen type yeah. thing? Yeah. Like oh. it was to track it. Well you know more about it. But stuff maybe like that. maybe it's in the ball. You're know. a really smart guy, though. You I haven't. I don't stuff follow like tennis, dude. I don't know. You're wiring, <laughs> you know, Brad is currently uh, uh, currently building the the Macy's window, Saks the, Fifth Avenue, Saks Fifth Avenue Christmas. I window. work for Ooh. Santa. How cool is that? That will. What What does that mean? It's building robots. the window, like I'm the, actually just installing it, but I help build those things. Hell yeah! It's like a like the things that gig. move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Pretty, See, that's sick. I don't know if you're talking about. It would still be sick if you were just talking about making the glass for the window. like he's making <laughs> no, this no, huge no. piece of glass. I, I work for <laughs> like I have a seasonal gig. I do that. I work for the company that does that stuff. How excited are for you to like just flex in front of your kids? Like bring your well, kids there and flex. <laughs> I just was the awesome. last week I was in Toronto putting in these five windows that that were awesome. They're, I think they're better than the sacks. Bring joy to children, Brad. And I want to. I couldn't. My <laughs> kids amazing. have to look at that on video, so it's I get amazing. to take them to Saks. I'm show. really happy for that's, you. That's that's yeah. That's my. That's where I'm going, baby. I might take my kids. <laughs> Tell <laughs> them that. Take them to Saks. Your new Uncle Brad built <laughs> <laughs> Is that inappropriate? No, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, what part of like Philly did you move to? Uh, East Germantown. Did you know a lot of people there? Like you moving in with crew? No or just idea. No, That's I went cool, with my man. girlfriend. We went to like we saw like four or five different places, and then different yeah, neighborhoods. Just like, um, or did you say like, did probably you think- two or three different neighborhoods? I would right. say, like, yeah, the, the like one. It was like one dude kind of showing us. Like he had different complexes, so he was just kind of showing us all around, and. um like the first place that we were in, we were like, this place is cool. And none of the other places topped it. So we were just like, all right. But did you like here. try to vet the neighborhood at all? Like no. figure out, you're just, we, you just went in dry. Yeah. Just I, like, so. It's New York style, Brad. That's hot. But you're from, <laughs> I, 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 you're I from like New admire. York, you go anywhere in the world and just I admire figure it out. That. <laughs> sort it out. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, the only big jump I ever made like that was when I moved to LA, but I had like three friends that lived in the neighborhood that I stayed in. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm 39 years in gone. New Jersey with about two, three years of homelessness mixed in there. So <laughs> yeah. I really, I couldn't even, I can't even tell you. Can't comment. Maybe someday you'll just pack up the family and move to yeah, Hudson Valley, baby. Let's go. Let's go breathe <laughs> some air. I'm sick of this. I know you're. These rat infested buildings. <laughs> Getting tired. We have dead rats all over my practice space now. We name them Warren D. Martini. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've seen his practice space. It looks like there would be dead rats. And so rats. now to know that there actually are is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, would you rather have dead rats or live rats? Uh, Good point. Dead rats are really smell. I like live. I'd prefer live. live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would because the dead ones, they start to stink. Yeah, And it's so a funny ancillary story about this. I have like a really shady deal with like the landlord who owns this space. Essentially, it's like an old probably Italian old school realty company in Jersey City that handles the property. I pay a third party company my rent. I don't even know who. <laughs> like online or? No, I go to the Is office, but I okay. pay cash. <laughs> you know, I write a check, but I don't write a check to the place I'm going. Right. Um, and then, you know, but it's this kind of loose deal where it's like, it's only a matter of time before this building becomes something else. Mm-hmm. If you push them too hard, they're just going to stop having musicians there. Right. Because they don't care that much. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> recently him solving the rat problem was bringing two electric rat traps down. I happened to see the guy when he came down bringing them. He's like, oh, good. Glad I saw you. Uh, you know, this is how they work. You turn on the light and set him here. I'm like, what does he thinking's going to happen here? I'm like, all right, cool. And then like so a couple days later, or something? a couple days later, I walk into space, some blinking lights, meaning dead rats inside of this thing. I text the guy. I'm like, hey, man, it uh, looks like traps filled up, you know, just <laughs> telling you the person I pay for this space that, that the rats are dead. They're in there. And, uh, He's like, yeah, I'll send someone over. Two, three days, four days past, oh. no one. <laughs> Starting to smell. We see a tail popping out of one of them. That's the one we named Warren <laughs> Martini. And, uh, and the other guy who splits the space texts him again, being like, hey, man, you know, think we'd do something about this. This is his response. He goes, hey, of all the grown men who use this space, no one could uh, empty a rat back out and then set it back for us? <laughs> <laughs> As he said, he, he literally challenged our manhood. Oh, my That's God. That's the way to do it. He challenged our manhood, you know? So hey. did you go back and empty out the rats? No, dude. I'm a savvy ass. I've been renting since I was She's 17. Saying. Like, I'm not falling for that shit. Like, I'm not renting. Like, I'll fucking put it. I'll put the whole trap rat and toe, like, on their fucking realty steps before I dump that thing. But, but you know, so I hope you don't run into this problem in your new yeah, adventures. Hopefully not. No, I, mice I'm all right with. I don't even Yeah, they're kind of cool. Yeah, see mouse. I kind of like think of, like, romantic little things. Like, I feel like sometimes I find my shit in my house. and But I like to think that they were, like, <laughs> down there wearing, like, nice clothes and, like, eating, <laughs> eating cheese with mini silverware and stuff. Going through your cabinets trying to prepare a meal like, and stuff yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like, just being, like, fun, <laughs> not being, like, dubious. That's kind of the way I view mice. Rats are their different story. Yeah, they're a little more. Rats are going to take over the world at some point. Like they're, are and they, they deserve it. They so. are. I just read an article. Actually, <laughs> I forget <laughs> which country it was. Somewhere, I believe, in Southeast Asia, that had a, um, they had uh, poisonous frogs mm-hmm. who had like taken over. They were like you know not indigenous to this area and had come and were killing native populations, like like really messing up the area. And then these researchers were finding, like, frogs, like, surgically, like, cut apart in riverbanks in the morning. Like, and they did real research and found that the river rats now learned to basically make a cut in these frogs, pull out their gallbladders, which is where the poison lies, and eat around it. No way. This is real. <clears throat> That's Look incredible. It up. Rats are coming. All right. Be prepared. Ideally, if it could be any other animal to take over the world, yeah, what would you rather have take over the world? Uh, it's a quick answer. For, I've thought us? about this. I've thought about this. Sea turtles. I like it. They don't have fingers. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about wisdom. And <laughs> I can't think of a wiser like animal than a sea turtle who's just been like, slow rolling through the ocean for like 150 years has seen so much shit things have come and gone i think a sea turtle really understands the purpose of life the ebb and flow i do what do you think did you say raccoons i did not i didn't say (laughs) i I thought somebody said raccoons it just popped in my head i said fingers you think raccoons yeah i would love to see raccoons take over the world they would they're clever they're clever. They are clever. They could do yeah. it. They could definitely do it. 
But again, I'm back to this mice scenario where I'm, I don't know why I'm just envisioning them in like, the raccoon's not as suits as much, but like flat caps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like kind of <laughs> like, like more like, like the peaky blinders. Yeah, yeah, they work like some are kind of dingy steam pipes. That's kind of their deal. Yeah, maybe it's like the black of their eyes. Like soot. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're like, do you, do you write a lot at home? Like when you were looking for places, do you look for like somewhere with like a side room or like somewhere where you can like set up for stuff like that? No, I w- I wish I put that much thought into anything. <laughs> I just like what ha- what happened was that uh, we just did like a tour, and we came home, and um, like since August or September, I was planning to move uh, like around this time. And where were you then? Uh, in in, in Wilkes Barre, okay. yeah, and um, and then like so we were leaving for another tour in December, and like we got that tour when we were on tour in September. So I was like, oh shit, I have to make this happen in like a couple weeks. Okay. So it was just kind of like fast track. More matter everything. of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for, um, I mean, in Wilkes Bear, I had, I just wrote in my bedroom mm-hmm. a lot. And then uh, I grew up in Long Beach. And right. I used to, that was like more, I lived with my parents. Mm-hmm. So I would just like try and go out and find places to write, whether it be like at like a practice space or like, by the boardwalk, stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. So you like, you find you can focus a little better like out of the house sometimes? Yeah, I just get so like, it's like I can't really write around people or like, hmm. like play guitar, like not really confident. Right. Playing guitar, or, like writing something that is, isn't like, I don't know what I'm playing at in front of people, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 What's your, pro- like, do you start with, um, how do you start with a song? You start with guitar. You start uh, with melody. Like. Different. It's different stuff every time. Sometimes, like the last album, a lot of the songs came in like the choruses. Kind of like came in my head, like a phrase here, like the melody for the chorus, and then I would take that to guitar, and then um, I'll just like play around with guitar for like a couple hours and have like cut like riffs, kind of. Mm-hmm. I'd say that, like maybe like say if i have like three or four riffs and then like just put them in my phone and then go from like having that chorus and then try and see what like riff is in that key and like kind of build it around like that but um really every song it kind of or every album at least has definitely been way different in terms of like like writing the songs and like how they came together what what was like for passing a glow what was like your demo process like like how do you go from like step one the to completing to, it and then like sending it to whoever's gonna play and stuff. How's that work? Uh, so like so for that album, um, Aaron who who plays drums in Oso, mm-hmm. he just like left this kick drum at my house. I feel, <laughs> I don't even know how it ended up there. It's crazy. <laughs> I've but had kick drums. I've had <laughs> like yeah, a red kick, kick drum. Like, you know? Yeah, someone calls me like, "Do you know you have this?" Ki-? I'm like, "That's where the fuck that yeah. kid is." Yeah, this <laughs> happened to me actually. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it was just in his car and he needed room yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. so he just like left it there. Yeah. Um, so it's when every drummer starts living out of a storage space once in their life, uh, having <laughs> loose parts to friends' houses. Yeah, and uh, and I just have like this. I took a paper towel. Uh, and I like pretty much just like use the paper towel as like the kick, like oh, with cool. like kick drum, like this the uh, 
the skins like this. Yeah, so you're going like marching like, band style. Like kind of like that, like yeah. and clapped on the wood for like the drums. So it was like the drums were like super simple and then just did acoustic and uh, like clean lead and stuff like that. But like for the for the last album, I think I only got done with like four demos all the way through. Uh-huh. And then because uh, like all the, I mean, most of the guitar leads I wrote while we were like recording gotcha um yeah as i've gotten older i feel like i've like have written way less consistently like uh-huh. i used to just be writing all the time and then like with this album it was kind of like snuck up on me it was like yeah. it's time to record and i had like about like maybe 12 not finished songs wow like, all right we gotta wrap this up yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, me and uh Aaron, who plays drums on the record, like we went into a practice space, like literally the night before uh, tracking drums. But we had three days to track drums. Cool. So it was kind of like, you know, we had like room to work with there. Um, and we just like finished, like just went over it, made sure we had all the skeletons and stuff like that. Why Why did you wind up with like those time constraints? Was it like a label studio thing or like? Um, it triple, was, ca- it, I think it being, was, it was a uh, big time. Well, <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I uh, Mike, who we were recording with, I think They're he had guys. like They're some kind guys. of like project coming up, so he could only do it in that given uh, gotcha. time frame. Okay, um, and I think they like wanted to get the record out before summer, so it was either do it then or like not be able to do that. So, right? Yeah, I heard you say in some in a different interview, I think that um, that you almost like had to take the turn for this record to be a little less personal. And a little more abstract, but kind of not intentionally, just because you didn't have as much time to like look into it. Is, is that the maybe, way I heard that? Uh, I feel like it was maybe the opposite. Oh, okay. it was like a little bit less abstract because, like, I like all the other stuff I've written is oh, kind see. of been like inspired by something like right, right, like right. the record before uh, the last one, Unihon mixtape. Mm-hmm. Like that was I read this book, Thumbsucker. Oh, yeah. Um and I was just like, this is fucking amazing. Right. And like it kind of like I was like, I want to write an album that's like this book and like huh. kind of like that was like spawned a huge uh just like inspiration streak or whatever cool. for me. Um Is that something like if if someone went back who knows that record and read that book, could you like piece some of the like I kind think, of themes or stories yeah, together? There's a couple lines. Uh who wrote that book, Thumbsucker? I think it's Walter Kern. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Cool. Um there's a movie, but the movie d- like doesn't even no bueno. you couldn't fit it in like ninety minutes. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, not a bad movie though, pretty entertaining. Sure. Um, but yeah, so this record, I think it just I didn't really have time to like get inspired by something like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I think it just ended up being more personal because of that. Sure. Um, like just a little more heart in your sleeve. You didn't have a chance to like yeah, fuck with it as much. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, but into I think the abstract thing might have come from because Mike, uh, who recorded it, would send me like just like weird shit, like YouTube videos that were like two minutes long, or like uh-huh. movie trailers and stuff like that. It just sounds that, like soundscape like, type stuff. Yeah, or? just like different, or even like just even just like a straight up movie trailer and like kind of let that like try and like inspire me in some way and stuff like that so that's where i feel like the inspiration was a bit more abstract but definitely it's definitely way more personal than the other stuff that's cool. that i've done before for sure. how do you feel like 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 exposing 
you know, it, it's something I, I think a lot of the newer artists are so like so raw in the way that they kind of really expose your emotions and the way you're feeling about something in a very mm-hmm. like real way. I would add you as, you know, part of that. And like I always wonder, you know, as a as a drummer, I never had to suffer the effects of like the court of public opinion as much as someone who's connected to the words, you know? Like it's kind of a different story. For like, sure. Have you felt any like like personal reaction to that like where you've had to add a defense or open yourself up more or like something million percent yeah for sure i feel like yeah even like it's weird like the more um the more people listen to the band it's just way more anxiety inducing right but it's like not i'm not like complaining about it because obviously you know what i mean it's like you want more people to listen to it and stuff like that but i definitely feel uh, like I'm still trying to figure out defense mechanisms and stuff like that all the time to kind of like keep me from like getting too involved in like reading stuff and yeah. you know what I mean stuff sure. like that. Um, because yeah, when you start sure, putting that emotion out there, like someone, it's not like oh we don't like your music. It's like maybe we don't like you, right? Yeah, which is strange, right? Yeah, and, and for then, sure. Like, and then uh some people react to it in a way where you're like, oh my God, I don't want to tell anyone anything anymore. Right. Some people react in a way like, yo, fuck you, I don't even know you, man. Like, <laughs> the fuck you saying about me? You know? Like, yeah. like, I try to do that shit in <laughs> in my, uh, like, we're in my quarters. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out there. Try not to get, yeah. Still I feel like read if I, it. Just don't read it. Yeah. I believe in like a but Wu-Tang reaction I, every once in a while. It can kind of like drive you too. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. It can if you allow but it the people to that, not overcome you. They have no they have no stake in the game, these folks that are commenting on your... Well, their stake in the game is to piss you off. Yeah. That's actually good for them. That, yeah. that means more people read the review and yeah. you know, grab a link or right, whatever happens so. now. Yeah. They're trying to like... That's like was like the whole fucking pitchfork model. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, like literally, like, like let's arbitrarily just destroy this band. Yeah. So more people will like, click on it and enjoy this article. That was literally their fucking clickbait yeah, model, right. you know. And with that, it's like so polarizing where it's going to go. It's either going to go, they're going to tear you up. You know what I mean? You're going to be like, oh, fuck. Or they're going to be like, this is cool. This is good. Uh-huh. And then everyone's going to be like, y'all are stupid for thinking that's good. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like a no-win situation. But, yeah, I don't know. It, does, it, 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 um, I don't want to say it doesn't bother me, but I just feel like I'm figuring out, like, different defenses to it all the time and stuff like that. And there's What's definitely, something you've, like, noticed you started doing or using? Um, I used to, dude, I used to be way more active in, like, social media and stuff like that. I used to all the time just, like, tweet whatever I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, too, I'm like, is that just because of, like, like, I used to work a lot of jobs where I just worked by myself, whether it be, like, delivering food or, like, I worked at this dairy barn. So stuff like that. So I feel like having, like, 40 hours a week where you're by yourself, bored, like, doing whatever job, like, you're just yeah. like, I'm just going to tweet this out, like, right, or, like, right. tweet this joke out or yeah. stuff like that. And just I used to looking like, for just some, like, like, social activity. Like right, anything, yeah, yeah. Just tweet whatever or, like, post whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, now I feel like I'd, don't do that at all because I'm right. just like, oh man, I don't want people to think I'm yeah. fucking stupid or like, you know sure. what I mean? 
I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, more and more people pay attention. Like, it's like, you know, that's why, you know, people in the public eye keep getting caught for shit they wrote in, like, 2012 on Twitter. Right. When they imagined nobody was ever going to look at their fucking Twitter, uh, you know? For sure. That happened to me. I accidentally made fun of the killers once. (laughs) And then, like, a million years later, got, like, asked to open for the killers. And, like... (laughs) And, like, that came back to me. Like, those yeah. guys were like, you said something about us once. I'm like, yo. That was, like, before, like, the realm of, like, I'm like, you were, like, you're, like, the Beach Boys to me. Remember. I'm like, how did that? I'm like, no. I'm like, there's no way. What'd you say about the killers? I can't. <laughs> I, I used the word corn dicks, which was strange because, like, it's not even, like, one of my lines, you know? It was the weirdest thing. It came back to me. And then when it came back to me, you know, I told the guys, I'm like, yo, I'm so willing to get ahead of this and just eat crow. Cause like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'll write an email. I'll be like, yeah, that was stupid. My fault. No problem. It was me. Like, I'll take it however. And it turns out no one really cared because it was the drummer who said it anyway. So upside, <laughs> these are the things I don't have to deal with. You know what I mean? That you, I still get that like kind of liberty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can be like Xavier McDaniel. You, you gotta be like, you got to be like the thing, you know? Yeah. But people connect, you know, there is like a blessing and a curse to that. I've seen it a lot. I mean, it's like you're going to be the main focus of the vitriol, of the love, of like all of it. I can't even stop thinking about, like, it's like one thing if you cut, if you're like, this band seems like a bunch of assholes. And then you got to be like, hey, dude, did you call me an asshole? Yeah. But if you're like, hey, did you call me a corn dick? What does that even <laughs> mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing it's like, more than anything I know. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things I'm like, I've talked like a lot of shit in my life. So it's like, so it's like one of those things I hear come back. I'm like, no, I didn't say it. Did I fucking say that? Like at some point, was I hot about some like weird video or like something that just made me mad? Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's funny how that works too with like Twitter and stuff like that because it can just be a passing thought for a second. You know know. what I mean? It's scary. Yeah. I mean, really, like anyone who doesn't want, like, you should just be off that stuff. It's like a strange tie, right? But for sure. But it's it's bizarre, like the amount of social capital, like you actually need that. For sure. You need it to promote your and shit. It's, you it's like, like, dude, I would be lying to say, tr- like, also, it's like, it's nice to go on there and read some of the things that people will say to you. Mm. I think when you start looking for what people are saying, like, about you, right, that's right. not yeah, to you sure. or whatever, then you sure. get in trouble and you're like, oh, man, what? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. start doubting yourself or whatever. But like, right. the and stuff I, that people yeah. write to you, you're like, okay, it's nice little pick me up a little bit of validation sure you know and that's I mean? the beauty like, of it right is like you you can actually manage to have direct engagement with people, with people who you yeah. went to you know you don't mm-hmm. have to write like a fan letter you can actually hit up someone and decide to be accessible to your fans yeah which is huge and right. people love that um i wanted to ask you know i don't know if you heard about this taylor swift debacle going on no or essentially so- like the short of it is that the label that she recorded and released like her first six albums called like Big Machine Records was like swallowed up by a hedge fund. You know okay. what I mean? And like basically now own Taylor Swift's Masters, which she can't do anything about. And she publicly went on the offensive against like all these people. And I don't know what the Taylor's, Taylor Swift army is called. I'm sure they have a name online. <laughs> I don't know Swift what it is. Yeah, Swift Nation. <laughs> or something. Swiftly came about and, you know, started like 
you know, and now this management office, the label, like, had to, like, shut down because they were getting, like, threats from Taylor Swift fans and stuff. What? So it's like this so, whole... t- so she, she kind of jumped out and said, explained what was happening? She explained like... what was happening and basically, you know, that this company was, never gave her a chance to buy her master's back, mm-hmm. which legally they don't have to, but right. I guess her... Um, you know, her defense to that was she had such a close relationship with the people that they should have. And I think that's what she was like, seems like she was offended about, even though there might not be legal recourse. Gotcha. So she took the social media, which like, you know, you know, the people in the position, like the label and stuff were like, you know, we could have dealt with this behind closed doors and like adult yeah. meetings and like, and I found it like kind of similar to like what's going on in sports with like player empowerment mm-hmm. where like, the interesting thing about social media is like who has the power now that these people can speak, right? You know, like Taylor Swift decides to make a statement on it and like 10 million people react to it and this and that, even though they own the masters, it's kind of giving like transparency to like a dark side of the industry that maybe people didn't know about. And just cause it's legal doesn't mean it's right. And mm-hmm. it's the same way like LeBron uses it, you know, like every team knows damn well now that LeBron is worth, half a billion dollars to any team he steps onto the court with every single year. And he uses that to his advantage now by social media and by empowering other players and doing this stuff. So that's what's going on with Taylor Swift. But the interesting thing about it was, you know, someone who comes out of our world understands something about, like, owning your own material and, like, putting yourself out. And you self-released your second album, I did. Right? And like, yeah. yeah, and I was wondering, you know, now that you... Who put out the first record? So the first record was uh, a friend, Mike Crino, uh-huh. put it out. Um, that And that was like kind of just like a handshake deal type thing. Like we wrote it out in email and stuff like that. Then the second record we put out, uh, put out ourse- we put it out ourselves, had friends press the vinyl and stuff like that. But we actually ended up giving that to Triple Crown. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. At the time, though, like, you know, I know you basically just were like, I have the record, I recorded it, and I don't want to wait anymore, Mm -hmm. right? And I just want to get this out there because I believe in it and think it'll do something. For sure. Like, you know, I wish more people did that, especially on a smaller level. Because, like, what's the point of giving up your masters at like such a young age it's crazy for sure Um, i think even at that time though i don't think i even thought about like i wasn't even as well versed in knowing stuff like that as i did it was yeah for i mean for at that time it was kind of like i have this album i think that this is like the best like i was super excited uh and i was just like i think this is like leagues beyond like anything i've ever done before and nobody really wants to put this out so if a small label does put it out and then we wait like months for vinyl or whatever it's gonna get lost in the mix and i was just kind of like at the time it was like it was january and i was like well we could kind of try and get in before all these because i feel like a lot of labels put out stuff in like february or spring they're going for like their album of the the industry vacation you know what i mean so i was just like i feel like this is like the best time yeah to just try and get it out there and just like put it out for free and like Hopefully, that'll do well. I mean, even dude, at that time, I was like, kind of, I was just like, man, I'm going to just like 
put out a shit ton of music. And I thought it was going to be like way less of a touring thing. Right, 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 right. And um, yeah, now it feels like the opposite now. Right. I feel like it's touring a bunch and not putting out as yeah, much. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because like, you have to work the record. Yeah. Did you, you just got back from Europe? Or? Yeah. Is that your first time? Uh, first time with Oso Oso. Oh, okay. Yeah, I filled in for a friend's band um, like two years ago and then went to uh, like just for like fun, went to Greece and like nice. Budapest That's like, cool. this past year. So yeah. where did you go on this last tour? Uh, this last tour was like mainland Europe and then the UK, like about a week in the UK. How'd it go? It was the U. So Europe was like, Europe was sick. It was about like the shows were super small, like maybe like thirty people, stuff like that. Um, touring Europe is like weird. I feel like I would just rather just be there, like <laughs> checking stuff out. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like sitting, I don't know, getting it, it getting dark early and like sitting in a car all day and just like bit of a bummer but the uk shows were like some of my favorite shows that we've ever played in my entire life like, nice yeah it was well worth it like were you doing them with, like, with local people um so we went out with this band prince daddy and the hyena mm-hmm. uh who like we did our first u.s tour nice. um and so we were just like oh let's try and do europe together too That's like cool. you know so that was pretty sweet it's always nice when you just like go out with people you already know too yeah i think i think it really made the tour like such a Every, made everything like really cool yeah yeah. Know? when you're in mainland europe did you get a lot of like mystery stew and stuff at the venues um i think there was one thing in switzerland that i ate that i didn't really know what it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it no euro. yeah yeah, yeah. i wonder the days of euro miss you must have a lot of euro mystery stew. i never toured europe <gasps> you didn't never oh. i can't i unfortunately it's just when you're in like Italy and like some giant bucket comes out, twenty people with one <laughs> right. single dread on the back of their head, <laughs> just fucking up these bowls with something <laughs> hot. It's got some spice, some veggies in there. I don't know. It's good. Is there always really good bread you dip into it? Though? Yeah, you know that's the they do bread over there. Europe just ruined bread, cheese, and coffee for me. Yeah. It's never the same. Um. I do. I like the self-releasing thing. I want to get back to you real fast, just because mm-hmm. in in your experience with that, is there anything like a, a do or don't involved in that process that you could maybe like tell um, a younger band or something, or any band really? Like at this point, mostly do <laughs> just straight up do. I feel like I feel like it's the right thing to do for so many bands because a lot of times I feel like. For for smaller labels, they're not really. It's like, why are you giving people ownership to put something on Spotify? Yeah, when you could, you know what I mean. You mm-hmm. could just do that. You could just do it with like DistroKid or whatever. You know yep, what I mean. Yep. Um, so what's on like DistroKid? Like, explain that to like people who don't. So DistroKid is just like you sign up for it, and it's about like they give you like a flat rate for a year, and then they just give you your like your Spotify royalties and stuff like right, that. Right. Um, but I also, I also understand the fact of like why record labels exist and like what they have to offer, you know what I mean? And it's like, if there's certain things that I know, like I'll, like, I'll never ever be able to just be like, oh, I have 10 grand. Like I'm going to just drop this on a record. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or never, ever imagined myself being in a position like that to do that. So like 
but I also really wanted like this last record was the first time that I ever recorded like in an actual like studio, and mm-hmm. I was just like I wanted I want to be able to do that, and I want to give myself like like the opportunity to do that um, was way more like of a priority than it was like how much will I make off this or how much you know what sure, I mean sure sure and um I'm kind of like with music for me like it's mostly just kind of been like all right let's just like do the ride like take you know what I mean like do it to like the wheels fall off and just see where it takes me and like if I look back and go oh shit like I could have made money off that like one day like maybe I'll do that but it's like I don't know it's it's you have to really decide what what's important to you because like to keep a DIY or like a more DIY centered career mm-hmm. i think could be like more sustainable and you could actually see yourself like making like a decent living and being able to pay your rent and stuff yeah. like that but for me um in terms of music it's like never really been my like number one priority like i've always kind of just wanted to see like how crazy can this get like (laughs) you know what i mean like who like could we play with this band or can i like record with this person or can i like you know what i mean like stuff like that to me is just like is like super uh exciting and like Mm. enticing and like uh yeah i mean maybe one day i'll look back and be like oh shit maybe i should have did this differently or did this differently and like cashed out but i've always like I've always kind of had the mindset of like, all right, well, one day I'm not going to be doing this and I have to kind of figure out something else to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I could definitely understand what you're saying and I think it's a good way to look at it because if you can manage to pull a little bit of that pressure off that you're living and dying with every note or every show or something like that, you'll probably manage to enjoy the ride a little better. Yeah. You know, which is in the end more important than finding maybe a little bit more success or something Mm -hmm. like i do think that those people who are just like so honed into like every detail and who are like business crazy and social media crazy and doing this stuff like they probably are helping themselves for sure but they might be driving themselves fucking nuts right and that's you know and it's like i mean it's it's really it's like everybody's different it's it's sure goes with what's important to you you know what i mean some people are like I love playing music. I want to do that and make sure I never have to work another job ever again in my life. And mm-hmm. like, this is the best way I could do this. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just, it's never been, never been like that for me, where I've just wanted to like play music. Like I, I'll be playing music no matter what. Sure. You know what I yeah. mean? So if I can do it as like a career, that's fucking so sick. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what I mean? And if I can't, then I want to try and do some crazy shit, yeah, you know. Cool. Like, but that's the attitude. That's the attitude. You well, so you well do music because people that go into it thinking like, ah, "This seems like a good way to make money," and they're not successful. Like, yeah, that's right. the core fucking value you have to have is For sure. I'm going to do this no matter what, and then you well, you know. Yeah, I mean, it ties into like I, I heard a quote. I don't know if it was a song lyric or just a quote by you, but like you said something about being radically committed to letting the light in Mm -hmm. which i thought was really cool and kind of ties into this like um like what do you do in a like a daily practice like in your day like you wake up you know i think about this i have like sort of a morbid way of doing it sometimes i think of like a bunch of awful shit 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think like people who died young, like people who something fucked up happened to, and then and it drives me in a way where I'm like, well, at least I'm still here and healthy, and I should like feel good about it. Right. But that comes from like sometimes I'm looking for maybe like a brighter place to draw the inspiration draw. from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, so how do, like when you wake up, like how do you? How do you like convince yourself of of something like that? Like being committed to to, to letting letting only positive things around. Like, um, so so so, I mean, this is like a conversation that I had uh, one time was about. It's it's like my girlfriend was like referencing somebody who like I I have no idea who it is like right right now. So like, but if somebody listening to this knows who it is, like a philosopher or something like that. And basically the idea is that like every moment that you exist in is perfect. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the things like, like that morbidness or that insecurity or that doubt or, um, just stuff like that is what takes away from that perfection. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, so for me, how I try to view it is like every moment is already perfect, right? What can I do to, contribute to this and not uh take away from it i see you know what i mean like because that like for like anxiety stuff like that that shit just takes away from what's already there what's already perfect you know what i mean so and you can manage to do that even in like an imperfect scenario like like a scenario involving like trauma or something like weird going for sure yeah Well, well in the sense that every moment is perfect is that everything is is perfect like it is what it's supposed to be gotcha you know what i mean so um do you believe in like a predetermination with stuff like that or it's just all nah. unfolding in a yeah and i don't per- i don't personally i don't know if people who subscribe to like that philosopher if that's part of it you know what i mean right but uh i don't i don't believe in like predetermination or anything like that um were you raised with any faith yeah yeah just like uh irish catholic okay it's like um you got some guilt yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went to Catholic school, uh, like my whole okay. childhood. Yeah, stuff and your, like that. And but your mom was a your mom was a a teacher in a Catholic school too. She was a, a teacher's assistant. Okay. Yeah, so she was like, she would like help out with like the art class and stuff like that. Um, she still does that. She she works with like a kindergarten. Cool. Uh, yeah, but she she's not really like. I think it was just a, a thing of like they just wanted us to go to that school and like gotcha morals and stuff like that. They're not sure. really like religious. Like I don't know if they really subscribe to like the faith or anything. Like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. She shouldn't say that. She still works there, but ah. yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. What's our? I don't think we're getting many streams from like the Covenant audience <laughs> at this point. What, you see the numbers, Brad. I don't. What's, what's, uh, you don't break it down by nuns faith. between fifty and seventy. What's our demo on that? Nuns on their, on their Jesus pod. <laughs> I mean, like, one Horowitz. Thing. Ew. <laughs> As someone who's not a big fan of you know organized religion, you have to say that you can get a good education from the from the Catholic. Church. Sure, they, sure. Do, they don't deny science like some other uh, people. I'll fuck with a Jesuit, maybe. They're kind of cool. <laughs> They're better. But I mean, it is a good way I'll to get it. I'll fuck with the Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's funny though. Like, and uh, I don't know if you found this the same. I feel like the people I know who went through the Catholic school system 
often seem to be not the ones who are like the most opposed to it, but the ones most sure that it isn't true. Yeah, for sure. Which is interesting. Like, like not get in on the inside. Yeah, yeah. like they don't always walk away like hating it, but they seem to have like a more well versed version of faith right. than someone who is raised like for blindly sure. atheistic or something does. Like, because it still opens up that window to that there's just something more than what we're dealing with here. And if you can convince yourself of that, then you can determine your own faith, you know? Like, my father just told me too early that, like, people die and rot and nothing happens. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I almost wish, like, <laughs> you know, like, like somebody at some Less point was man. like, no, 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 like, there's, there's, like, a stairway somewhere else if you choose Listen, to go Benny. there. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you this truth on your third birthday oh today. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> this is called pulling the bandaid. Someday kid. you will. I'm from the Bronx. Rot. <laughs> and you're from Central Jersey. I need to harden you up. That was what was going on. It was brutal. It was brutal. Um, that is a little brutal. But I heard. So <laughs> there's some funny. Like I heard you talk about how Long. Like you're from Long Beach in Long Island, mm-hmm. right? Surf. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, but, but I heard you well. say that it's kind of like, um, like culturally detached from the rest of Long Island a little bit. Like, how yeah, do you mean by I mean, that? Growing up, like that was like it was like we're not Long Island, we're Long Beach. Like it was just uh, it was different. I don't know. Kids from Long Beach, like we wouldn't really like. I feel like kids on Long Island would go hang out with each other, and I kind and I kind of like got into that once I was, like, 18 or 17 and, like, started, like, driving and, like, going to shows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Long Beach kids were just, like, all, like, had bikes and we would just kind of hang out in Long Beach and that was, like, pretty much it, really. Um, Does it have, like, a kind of, like, beach community vibe or...? um, A little bit, yeah. You seem to have, like, like, a nice slow roll about you. Was yeah, it the sea? Was it the sea? <laughs> yeah. I think that was a bunch of weed. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like, just ten years of chronic weed smoking. Um, but it's it's like a it's like a small city. I would say it's like gotcha. a small city, and it looks like kind of like it's trying to like impersonate California hmm. a little bit. Pretty cool. You know? um, but yeah, so it's it's not so much uh, like a beach community vibe as it is. It's like a bar town. Oh, that's I how, see. like, that's how I would describe it. It's like sure. you have like residential area, and then when you get into like the commerce of stuff, it's like just mostly bars, right, right. So, like, bars of restaurants, stuff like that. You got that cold cheese slice? No, that's a Long Island. No, thing, that's, right? that's all the way. Yeah, I think that's like you know about something? this. No, I don't know. They they take they take a hot slice of pizza, nice hot slice of pizza, and then just dump a pile of cold cheese on top and let it like melt down as you eat it. Pretty fucking good, actually. Yeah, you're not into it. Not into it. Over cheese. Oh yeah, I'm over, over it. cheese. Yeah, yeah. I think, but the place that does it is it little. There's like a place, Little Vincent's or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that place next to the Paramount. By the Paramount. Yeah, 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 that yeah. place is great though. It's the pizza, serious. the pizza is really good for sure. I had, a, I had a sound guy from Long Island who just wouldn't shut the fuck up about it for like a month. <laughs> oh, you, oh my god, you gotta fucking try this. You gotta fucking Cold try cheese. this, Benny. Yeah, Jersey Benny, come on, you gotta fucking try this. <laughs> now this guy moved to Jersey. It's the best. <laughs> kill him for it. I'd kill him for it. Um, you were a uh, a camp counselor. Yes. So was I. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was the vibe? Uh, it was sick. Where was the camp? It was, it was in Long Beach. Oh. Yeah. What age kids? 
Uh, my group was five to seven. Oh, it's so fun, isn't perfect it? Perfect age. It's perfect age. Yeah. Especially in the summer. Yeah. And then, because once they get to like 10, 12, like they all just want to fight. They just yeah. want to do fight club every day. Right. Was, was that what? <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's like the worst group to have because then kids are going home with like black eyes oh. and the parents <laughs> come in and they're like, are you letting my kid like get beat up kind of camp you know was this I mean? man white gloves <laughs> dude it was like a thing man Ugh. we have it's children like, both of us are like jesus <laughs> yeah we're not Find out what this there, camp man. is i'm not going <laughs> there <laughs> but yeah it was cool what what age did you about the same okay yeah, about the same yeah. like yeah like five to eight like cool so much fun. it was it was it Ours wasn't like a sleepaway camp or anything. No, mine either. Mine was actually kind of like a rich kid one. It was on the the campus of like a private high school. Okay. And it cost like a pretty good amount of dough to like send your kids there. But I had a friend (laughs) who like, it was actually like a Jew, like it was 50% Jewish too, at least. Then my friend, Mike Greenstein, got me the job there. You piece that together. And, uh, (laughs) but like, so a lot of the kids who worked there were like, like I've always been a little out of the box of your like standard jewish kid you know so i was like an anomaly there they're like oh my god (laughs) like you have long hair and tattoos and you're like in a and most of them were like "Ah, i'm yeah i'm a freshman at marist like you know (laughs) so i definitely like i felt super cool at that place like like pretty subversive you know i was like the real alternative guy i started dating the lifeguard uh, dude, you wound up being my first love. This sounds my like a summer movie. movie. Yeah, it sounds like a mm. summer loving too. <laughs> it does I can't pull it off. You Were never... there any movie moments at your camp? No, dude. There's two. The only like the only two stories I remember from that is uh, some some counselor hit this kid with like a dodgeball in the face or something, Ooh. and I was just like. They're all walking out. This is like the one moment in my life was the biggest snitch ever. They're all <laughs> just sitting in the like in the hallway, and like the head counselor dude is like, "Who did it? All this stuff." And I'm just walking by, and I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" And they're like, "Oh, somebody threw a ball at the kid." And I was like, "Oh, I was Keegan. Peace. I'm out. See you guys tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> So I remember you, that, and that was that was like hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're gonna drive Keegan into a song, <laughs> yo. And I then, saw uh, you, Keegan. And then another time was we had like we had our kids doing like American Idol, and they were just like singing. Um, they did like, uh, do you ever see Step Brothers? Of course. You know, like the opera song, oh, like yeah. the famous opera song sure. at the end that Boats they do. Yeah. yeah, like the. <laughs> but it's the, a real. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. We had like our uh, our kids did that for like their like show. I feel like as three musicians, like, we, we should know the name of that piece. It's very famous. oh yeah, yeah. Is it Voltaire. I definitely should have referenced it as the thing from Step Brothers. That's <laughs> yeah, like so disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, however you get exposed to the arts is fine. There's someone from 300 years ago right now flipping it. Uh, yeah. what? what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, I bet they didn't sound like that. They were probably maybe Italian if they saw the movie, about. they would feel differently. It is brilliant. <laughs> it is a brilliant film. Um, so I, for the first time, I I posed a fan question <laughs> for you. So this came from Kevin O'Brien, okay, a fan of yours from Waterloo, Ontario. I okay, don't know, so you got people in Canada. Uh, he says. As a Raptors fan, I know what it's like going from a joke organization to being the champs. <laughs> Does Jade think that will ever, ever in caps, 
happened for the Knicks oh, while James Dolan man. is the owner. Oh. Oh. Uh. <laughs> that's that's such a loaded question because what happened in Toronto is like super interesting. It's it an, it's, it's a complete anomaly. That's true. You know what I mean? That's you true. have like Dwayne Casey and uh, Ujiri kind of building this whole this team up year after year. You had somebody who was actually down to stay with Demar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who was like, I want to be the best Raptor ever. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally committed. Um, but clearly could not get like the job done. Like. Their solution to that was like have him shoot more threes, and that was not, not his game, look. you know. So they traded him for Kawhi, which is that. Okay. It's it's just so rare that stuff like that happens. Yeah, that was Ka- kind of an like, anomaly. Sure, Kawhi Leonard will never have a contract again where he could get traded to a team that he doesn't want to. go Of course to. not. No, you know what not. I mean. Yeah, like yeah, so, yeah. that's like, and I think like you were talking before, which is like most interesting thing about the NBA is those players have taken, like, complete ownership of that league. There's not another sport like that where they realize, like, we are the brand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, with football, baseball, that's not necessarily... The teams are, like, the brand. You know what I mean? And it's way different with the NBA now. Sure. Um, Dude, I think the Knicks could do that with James Dolan. In terms of get like a big free agent signing, like the stuff that they thought was going mean, to happen this summer, I think the question poses would be: I mean, what happened to Toronto was getting over the hump. Right, it was winning. So I think the real question is like simply: Will the Knicks win a championship with James Dolan as owner? They could. Okay, I think they could. Right. That's probably optimistic of me to say, <laughs> but it definitely won't happen the same way that Toronto needed needed one more piece, sure. and they were able to get that piece. I don't think the Knicks will get like that. A would big, be the Knicks like two, three years from now, who have yeah. a really nice, developed core right. that adds that exactly. It's, piece if to bring if them the over. Knicks are a championship team, it's going to be with like the people who are like in the organization, the players that are in the organization sure. now. You know what I mean? Like Knox, Frank. Uh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, it's looking nice. You know, R.J. Barrett it's looks looking great. Like a cornerstone. He looks great. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one thing you give this 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 current administration's done some nice drafting. Yeah. If anything, I mean the Chris Stapps sure. trade. We'll see. The Chris, the Chris Stapps trade. I'm okay with. Honestly, I'm okay with. I think in the long game, that's gonna be fine. Yeah. I think people are like. You know, they see this unicorn, the seven three unicorn pouncing around the court again. They're like fucking Knicks. Right. But like I think like five years from now when he can't play more than like forty games a season exactly. and he becomes a limited I, player, which he is he doesn't seem like he was ever cards, gonna be the yeah. guy. He seemed like he needed somebody yeah. to you know what I mean? And we'll somebody see else how those to, picks pan out, the show. You know, like like one of those guys. I, I don't think that's a predetermined factor but you got that little core robinson mm-hmm. knox barrett little mm-hmm. building that but i think that's what he's asking is like you know i've never been a knicks fan but my dad and my brother are hardcore knicks fans okay. so i've been following the knicks hearing about you know the the beautiful teams of the early 70s for my father like for <laughs> my entire life yeah you know this was the epitome of knicks basketball happened now 40 years ago 50 years ago yeah. at this point and it seems like every single time they get close, the organization or something happens. You know, like you go back to Mari Stoudemire, Larry Johnson, um, you know, like yeah. Carmelo recently. You know, they make those runs and then something happens with a coach or the owner or a player that just yeah. like fucks it up. 
I want to pose a crazy question for you. Lay it on. You know how people believe in, like, the moon landing being a conspiracy and stuff like that? Yes. Have you ever possibly contemplated the early NBA being akin to, like, pro wrestling? Ooh. And, like, or, like, what the Harlem Globetrotters are. Because, like, that, like, dude, the knit, like, the early 70s Knicks, like, that's some crazy shit. Like, will it, will Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel halfway through the game? Yeah. I'm yeah. here to play now and then just putting up crazy numbers. Right. It's kind of insane. Thought it was like, like spectacle. stuff like that. Yeah. Like yeah. spectacle. It is, I've just wondered sometimes. I've been like, you know what I mean? Why not? Why, Especially yeah. in those days. Right. You know what I mean? You like, know what like I mean? so many people had such limited access to whatever the hell was going on. For sure. Yeah. Why not? You know, Will Chamber- Chamberlain like that? putting up 100. ABA guys literally had like guns you know? in their lockers. Yeah. They were like fighting each other in the, yeah. in the court and like, yeah, why not? 100%. Cool. I, I, I believe in all. I mean, how many times? You believe ha- in a good conspiracy theory, no, don't no, you? It's true. <laughs> I mean, does, it's how the Knicks got Patrick <laughs> Ewing by bending the envelope. Right. The, lot- the lottery is, is fixed. You know about this? No. So this is what happened Patrick Ewing, king of the Big East. Right. Mm-hmm. The New York Knicks want him so bad. It's like the perfect thing. And this is back in the day when, you know, the lottery was actually a lottery. There was a giant ball with envelopes. That was the first lottery, the different too, teams. Right? Was it? Was Patrick Ewing the first I'm not one? not sure. I'm not sure. And uh, the conspiracy theory was the Knicks envelope was thrown into the ball with great haste to bend the corner. So when they went and fished, could feel it. they would get the Knicks one out so they could draft Patrick Ewing and save the Knicks. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't. What I know is that I don't know. That's what, <laughs> exactly. I, that's what I know. You know James Dolan? Do you know about his band? Yeah, it was JD, JD and the Straight, straight Shoot. Shoot. Uh, straight, yeah. uh, straight, straight Shot. shot. He's uh-huh. got a band. And apparently he pays really well. Dude, have you seen the article about that band like going on tour and stuff like that? No, I haven't. I've heard like, a couple insider pieces from someone who like tour managed his band. Okay. That the band is very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that's like, why his... They have, like, jets, like, private yeah, jets. Yeah. Like, they pay, like, thousands of thousands yes. of dollars to open these huge shows. So, like Yeah, so he actually was managed <laughs> to get himself, like, legit Nashville musicians because he'll pay fucking right. $5,000 a week and yeah. give them the best accommodations. And they won't... Of course they're not going to talk shit about it. <laughs> it's the fucking meal. They're paying for private school with the fucking JD in the straight shot. <laughs> I got to get that job. For real? Yeah, dude, dude. For real. How do I drum... I just bashed Dolan for 10 minutes. I'm never going to get in his band now. <laughs> we'll edit oh, it out. What am I going to do? <laughs> um, I don't know. I hope for you and my brother and my dad that the Knicks one day... Yeah. Get over the hump. Do you uh, like religiously watch? You into like yeah, every game? Yeah, hardcore into. I watch every game that I can. Good. Missed only like one this year. So as a Knicks yeah. fan, like, what do you think? I'm a, I'm a big time Nets fan. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and you know, there's not really a beef because we've never been good at the same time, right? So <laughs> believe it or not, there's not really a thing there. But uh, I've been wondering. You know, I'm a season ticket holder for the Nets. Okay. And, you know, the first three, four seasons, anytime Nets-Knicks was going on at Barclays, I mean, Knicks fans just grossly outnumber Nets fans at right. this point. Like, yeah. They just take over the stadium. Because it's such a good 
loyal crowd, you know? And it's so cheap. Well, I don't know about now, but it, used to, it used to be like yeah. so cheap. Still a little cheaper in the garden. But they, but... they get you when they, uh, once you get in. The concessions in Barclays oh. were like insane. Yeah, but they got great cheesecake. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> they got, they, used to have, they like, got Beyond Meat in there now, so that's, oh, fuck, uh, man, I'm spending too much uh, money because they got Beyond Meats. But um, I was wondering, like, when are people from Brooklyn who are lifelong Knicks fans going to start making the switch? It's got to happen. It's going to happen. I like, like, like maybe does it take a youth movement? Like, you know, like the first time, like, young people get to see them be good? I don't know if that'll ever happen, though, truthfully. Because they're going to stick it out. I, yeah, because like I feel like... How many like... ways can a Knicks fan get slapped without leaving? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like... When so when they got Garnett and yeah. uh, Paul Pierce and stuff like that, I and feel Jason like, Terry, Big yeah, part and Jason of that. Terry, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was going to be the moment that, like, you know what I mean? If you yeah. saw that kind of sure shift, like Project, you were going to yeah. see it go, then um, that didn't really pan out. Yeah, and it yeah. did, and the, they only got to like the second round, I think. Right? Second round once, yeah. First round the year after that, and then and that was it. Tanking for years, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so I mean, I don't know. I've, I mean. I can't see it happening. I think there's like hope with when the Islanders went there that it was going to be like a new generation of fans. And I just don't think it didn't work out either. Yeah, people just weren't that interested. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's but, still a transient audience. It's still like you still you, see. I feel like a lot of, so like you're from New Jersey. So is that is that where the Nets, yes. like Allegiance comes from? Yes. Yeah. I feel like yes. a lot, the most of their fans are still people who grew up watching the New Jersey team. I, uh, I actually disagree. I think, okay. um, yeah, I think the bulk, you know, you saw it the first couple of years. You saw the people turning over. Uh-huh. Um, there wasn't a lot. Um, and I think that's the reason. Like, that's the thing. And the reason nobody cared about them leaving New Jersey. Like, they didn't have a very diehard fan base there either. Okay. Um, you know, like, literally, you know, one of the reasons I didn't care about the Nets leaving was I literally walked up to the stadium in 2002 and bought final seats. Wow. You know what I mean? Like like against That's the wild. fucking Shaq Kobe Lakers. Yeah. That's you know what insane. I mean? So like uh, so when they were like, Yeah, we're moving to Brooklyn, I'm like, Oh good. Like get yeah. out of the swamp, man. Like, you know. <laughs> um, I was pissed because they played two years in Newark where the Devils play while they were building Barclays. That for me was beautiful. I mean, I could literally catch a seven thirty tip. I'd be like to to wifey, I'd be like, seven twenty, I'm getting on the path. I get a cheap ass seat and go. That was gorgeous. That's sick. But um, but no, I do feel like there's a, a very unless you live in like a Hoboken or Jersey City, uh, maybe some of the parts like off the Gothels and like Central Jersey, like you might make a a consistent trip to to Brooklyn to see them. But right. I feel like it has been um a redefinition of the crowd, and I think it's a brand new. Do you feel like there's a lot of? Cause I, so when they first when they first moved to Brooklyn and I yeah. went there like I went to a couple games, I would notice there's like a lot of deals like for kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like that's panned out well for them? No, I, like I think they've abandoned it a little. Okay. Yeah, that first year they had the the Brooklyn Knight who was yeah. this like who was this like superhero they tried to market. Right. He didn't last more than a year. Right. Um, no, I think they bailed on that quick and kind of okay. went more with like the where like the cool. Jay Z, yeah. black colors, hip New York, like as opposed to like old school like old man New York, old, yeah. which they try to always market the garden as. Right. I mean, you see that billboard they put up. 
Which Kyrie one? Irving's staring at the garden right now. Like no. a 10 what? story version of Kyrie Irving is staring at the garden right now. That makes me angry. Talking shit. That makes me angry. Yes. See, and this is what I like the Nets Knicks thing. It's going to start. Yeah. It's going to start. Oh, it'll start soon. I like. Years. See, I appreciate, like, like, the Kevin Durant thing where he says yeah. like it's not cool to be a Nick. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, I feel like that's it. how I feel like that's the best part about this league and like where they're really taking like they have control over the league. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. they create more stuff than just like like think about like the free agency in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that itself is like a spectacle now. Oh yeah. You know what it's I mean? Year round year round full on spectacle. And these guys understand it as well as anyone. Like like LeBron He's always doing something about once a month in the off season that mm-hmm. like raises headlines and gets him in. Like it's not a fucking mistake. Yeah, you know the guy gets paid. I forget what the exact number is, but he's paid like many hundreds of thousands of dollars per letter to what? write a tweet. That's crazy for someone per because letter. per letter. Yeah, because his like I forget what his exact fan base is on Twitter, but a company reaches more people directly yeah, no, by having LeBron math. James write a tweet than they do Commercial. starting an amazingly yeah. huge like national ad campaign right. and putting posters everywhere in this. Like Yeah, no, it's just math. Yeah. You just pay him ten. And million. there's more value to it. He's gonna be president. <laughs> all right. So one <laughs> one question I had to sneak in. I know you're like now always I mean you're just kind of put into like an emo category. Mm-hmm. You know? I whether you like it or not, I guess you're there. Um, I don't know if that's self, self-described or not. Um, and, you know, there's this, like, long history of emo from, like, Long Island and from where you're from. Right. Or what people, like, think is emo. And then there's old people like me and Brad who think emo is something totally different. You know? So I'm right. like, what is it to you? What is emo to me? Yeah. Um, or, like, I mean, like, growing up, emo to me was, like, My Chemical Romance. Right. The used. That was, like, Mm -hmm. what my idea of emo music was. Right. You know what I mean? Um, So when you were a kid, those were, like, the seminal emo bands. Those were, like... Right. That was, like, the first time I ever heard the term, like, emo. Right. Um, And then, I mean, now, like, feel like since 2014, stuff like that, that's kind of, like, started touring in, like, 2012. In 2014, uh, I don't. F- it, it was weird because I feel like in 2012, 2013, nobody was really being like we weren't like, oh, this is like the emo scene or this is an emo band or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then like certain bands just started kind of getting bigger, and then it was like this is the emo revival. So you're like, okay, right? This is what emo is now today? You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And it's like, I don't know. It's a, emo is a weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's weird, strange. It's strange. I know, I don't mind being called an emo band because I feel like the people who uh, like subscribe to that genre or whatever really like really hold the music like super high sentimentally. Right. You right, know what right. I mean? Like in high regard. So like I don't mind that. I guess people think that it's like in terms of like a commercial thing that it will like bring your band down. Huh. Um, oh, just by being labeled, just by being yeah, labeled that. emo. Like I like, feel like there's a lot of bands that I would consider emo or whatever that are like, oh, we're not emo, we're an indie rock band, right? right you know right, what I right. mean? And like, still try so, to get college radio play, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I mean, after all these years, it's like now, you know, we're in like what, like the fifth generation of like what has been dubbed a certain type of emo. And like, I mean, if there's anything, I guess, that ties through all five, it's kind of starting to have nothing to do with music. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with what you're saying. Right. Which I think it's taking on it's kind, kind of, of like a yeah, punk it's an rock emotional resonance. I it, think more yeah. than the sound, right? So like so, how you can be a punk band ethically without right. sounding like the Sex Pistols or something like that. And maybe it's, I mean, do you think maybe that's it? Like it's the content of the message rather than the music itself? Because obviously your music has nothing to do with My Chemical but, Romance, uh-huh. which has nothing to do with Taking Back Sunday, which has nothing to do with. Seisha, which has nothing to do with embrace, you know what I mean? Like, right. and it just keeps going back. Like, is it? You think that that's it? Maybe. Um, I think it's I. I mean, if you want to get into that and like how it's evolved like that, I think it's just like a bit of OCD in the culture and people being huh. like, "We need to. What is this? We need to." Um, you know what I, I mean? That has to be something. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And it's not ska, and it's not really, it's not very punk. You know what I mean? So it's it's emo. You right. know what I mean? This like this band is playing small clubs, and you know what I mean. Their merch looks like this, so they're emo. Right. You know what I mean? And they play with this band and that band. Gotcha. I feel like that's a, a big thing now too that I see is like if you tour with a certain like within a certain scene of bands or something like that like then that's what you are sure to like these kids or yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean like oh yeah they need a way a, to identify it there's like my friend's band just friends mm-hmm. is like uh people like when they first started playing they have it's like they're kind of like a funk like a funk poppy uh let's say like a funk pop punk like hybrid band to me um, but they have horns, so like when they first started playing, they were ska. You know mm. what I mean. And then they started getting on these tour packages with yeah, other like right. so-called emo bands. So now they're emo. But then right. the kids who are really into emo are like, "That's not emo." That's not emo. You know right. what I mean. And but the band point, itself never did anything. Never said a single word about anything. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. except maybe please don't call us ska. But yeah, so it's like. Do you think it's more of like a micromanaging of classification and it's, distinction? Yeah, it's it's it seems like that, and like um, people need a hashtag. Yeah, and it's just like like I've I've checked out. There's like our emo is like a, a Reddit, a subreddit, or something okay. like that. Um, that like I've scoped out a couple times, uh, and it's just like kind of picking hairs at like is this yeah. band emo? Why are we talking about right. this band in here? Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like. At this point, it just seems a bit like we need to be able to categorize every single yeah. thing because if we, you know what I sure. mean? So A little tired at this point. That's kind of, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I look at it. You seems know like I mean? it is getting to that point, like punk got to at a certain point, you know, where it's just like, it's about the ethos, right? Like yeah. you can sound like any number of different things, right. but it's about like what you stand for and how you present yourself and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just getting to that point, right? Or even I see these... Uh, to bring up basketball again um it was kind of funny you just had a rap battle in the nba going on and it was between damian lillard portland trailblazers Uh a young guy in his 20s has kind of like a modern style of hip-hop you know he uses the trap beats and shit like that and he had a beef with Shaq. 
<laughs> you know, who fucking rocks the 90s hard. Like, <laughs> Fushnickens, battle rap, like, that's his style, yeah, like, yeah. real clunky. And and they, they made diss tracks to each other. A couple really? of pieces. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you say, like, Kobe won you those titles? Right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Dame's never won a title, so I thought that was kind of a rough yeah. road to go down with Shaq. You don't want to fuck with Shaq with titles. He has, like, three yeah. finals MVPs or something. Um but what was funny about that is when I'm reading, like, you know, the Twitter threads and stuff about this, there's literally, like, an old man hip-hop thing supporting Shaq. You know, the guys from the 90s right, who were right, all right. about, like, you know, New York, like, I'm Nas, I'm Eric B., I'm yeah, Rakim, yeah. I'm, right. like, the old school. And then, like, the new school kids are all like, yo, Dame smoked him. Dame Dollar, <laughs> he's the shit, you know? And, like, even in hip-hop, you know, like, mm-hmm. like literally those – and their beats – and their flow and everything had nothing to do with each other. They were literally like two different kinds of music right. that are just in this like hip hop. That's right. it. It's so right. big. It goes on for so long. Mm-hmm. It just like grows into weird shit. What do you even call anything anymore? It's all music, baby. There was like a thing mm. with the uh, that baby Lakers team a couple years ago where they were talking about that too. They were like, oh, really? They're just like, oh yeah, Tupac's trash. All you know oh, what I mean, right, like, stuff right, like right, that. Right. Like, Future's the greatest rapper yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of love when I see that shit though, because that's like that was like me <coughs> at like record shows when I was like twelve, <laughs> right. talking to these guys, being like, "Yo, I'm sorry, <laughs> Steely Dan is bullshit, man." He's got to get the fuck. You fucking care. you hear those razors playing in seven, eight, the whole time? Fucking freak out. I'm like, sorry, bro. Reeling in the ears. Eh, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> is that a good place to stop? Yeah, it sounds great. All right, man. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks for showing up. Yeah, Thank you guys fun. for having thanks, me. For real. Yeah. Well, that was nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little too much sports talk for me, Benny. Yeah. But I know you really enjoyed that. I see you put on your John Starks jersey while we were doing this. Good <laughs> my for gym you. shorts. You put on little, my shorty shorts. You got little gym shorts? <laughs> I bet you did. You probably did rock above the knees when you played, I'm sure. You probably Dude, I had like, to. You looked 70s like and 80s. Out there. You probably looked like a. You looked crazy. Well, I was so happy that Jade came by to uh, do the interview with us. He's still supporting Basking in the Glow. Excellent record on Triple Crown, yeah, which yeah. Pitchfork called Enlightened Emo. Oh, boy. I really like him <laughs> and his songs, but Pitchfork. They got to they gotta keep it. They got to yeah, come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also check out Jade. He's on tour in March. He's at uh, the Fillmore in Philly, March 11th, Union Stage in D.C. on the 12th, Paradise in Boston on the 13th. And back in New York at the Warsaw in Brooklyn on the 15th. There you go. Just sold out Bowery Ballroom, too. Ooh, nice. Jade's killing it. Hell yeah. He's doing good. So we thank him for... And and I'm glad he, we were able to broker some, like, Long Island, New Jersey peace negotiations. Uh, yeah. This might have long-term effects. It's like Pawnee and Eagleton. Just think what the, <laughs> what the two of you could do together, Jersey and Long Island United. We're like, we're like Rocky... And Ivan Drago at the end of Rocky IV, just solving the Cold War right at the end of a boxing match. Isn't it, isn't it great? That's a fucking great analogy. So thanks, uh, 
Everyone's still listening. Yeah, we're sorry that this is kind of another uh, interim episode. We're not trying to string you along. We just still have a few things to sort out, and we want to be able to come at you strong when we do come back weekly. But we can say this. We are going to come back strong. We've got a couple really good episodes lined up. Mm-hmm. And we will be coming at you weekly, very shortly. Just hang in there with us, man, please. <laughs> uh, and we should say that by the time this comes out, we may have a Patreon page back up. Um, it just depends on how close we are to relaunching. This but- isn't pro. This isn't pro. Just say we'll have it. We'll have it. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash going off track. Or is it patreon.com slash off track? Either way, there's links on the website and... Uh, Keep your eyes open. Stay stay with us. We promise to deliver. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah!